Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so before we begin, <laughs> there is something that I want to say. Um, and I meant to say this last season, but, um, you know, I'm an idiot and forgot. So I just don't want it to go unsaid. Um, and it is about Amelia, who, you know, is the whole bag we all love to hate. Um, but um, what, I, what I was meant to say was that even though we hate her character and, you know, we're supposed to hate her character. It's not yeah. like they made her a likable character. Yeah, no. Um, the the actress um, I have no hate for and actually did very well making me hate her. So I just <laughs> you know it's to a like... good it's a good actor or actress when you actually kind of like sort of dislike them because of the character that they played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um I actually saw her in a show um before Supernatural. Um, I think like just before Supernatural, I think the show is called Alphas and it's about people who have like superpowers or whatever. Um, and she played like the head of like this bad guy organization or something like that. Um, and she, I think, I think she was nonverbal. I'm not sure if she was on like the, you know, her character on yeah. the like autism spectrum or it was something like that. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and she had this like amazing power to like, I don't know, fuck people up, but, um, <laughs> and she was like amazing in that role. Like I was like, I was totally into her. Like she, she like fooled me into, I don't know. She just, she was great. So I just, I want to give props to that actress. I'm sure that she does not do conventions because of all the hate. Probably. That <laughs> I would kind of her expect way. that. <laughs> yeah. So that makes me feel kind of shitty for, you know, contributing to that hate. Um, but um, yeah. It just like means she's a good actress. Yeah, exactly. She did her job, you know? Exactly. So I, I still hate Amelia, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the actress, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Well done with all the, all the hating. <laughs> so that was all. Okay. You inspired a good level of hate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, she buffed Sam and didn't die. Like that's some kind of superpower. Well, know. it's because she's not supernatural. Are all the no Sam totally bossed people who aren't supernatural and they die. I'm sure most of, it. of them. I mean, like, obviously, there's going to be exceptions, but I thought most of them were like monster esque. That, died. yeah, I think, I think, uh, most of them are monster esque, but um, I think there's been a couple, you know, humies. <laughs> so. humies? <laughs> That's new. <laughs> <laughs> never heard that before <laughs> <laughs> yep i said it <laughs> so so yeah anyway okay so today we are talking about season eight episode 20 called pac-man fever we start out inside a 1950s military hospital it's night uh, dean wakes up at a desk and looks around there's some music playing on a record player dean says the hell 
And he gets up and tries to turn off the record player, but the music just keeps going even louder, which would drive me bananas. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, there's a table on its side blocking the door. So he kicks off a leg um, that's a little loose to take with him as a weapon. And then he starts exploring the hospital. The floor is littered with several dead, bloody bodies who all... Okay. <laughs> When you said the floor is littered, I just heard the L part of it at the beginning, and I thought you were going to say the floor is lava. (laughs) And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. (laughs) The floor is lava. I (laughs) love that show. (laughs) That's a show? On Netflix. Oh, my God. It is so good. You're going to love it. Yeah. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good, and they're gonna do a second season. So, is it like a game show type thing or something? Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. Okay. Anyways, the floor is littered. The floor is lava. Okay. (laughs) Dean says, "What the hell is this?" And he finds a newspaper on the floor behind a dead girl. Um. It's dated July twelfth, nineteen fifty one. Dean says, nineteen fifty one. And then a growling figure approaches, but we only see its shadow. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to inside the bunker library. It's night. Uh, The screen says 24 hours earlier. Dean comes in, placing a bag of groceries on a chair and a six pack of beer on the table. He sits down and opens one of the beers. Sam enters looking sleepy and quite poofy haired. <laughs> Look a little frazzled. <laughs> it is like the worst Sam hair that this show has to offer. Like it's never, it's never been worse. And like, it's almost like a Karen cut, you know, like, it's just not, it's not yeah. okay. Yeah. So Dean looks up at him and says, man, I am telling you, give me five minutes with some clippers. (laughs) Sam says, oh, shut up. Uh, What time did I lay down? Dean says, you took a siesta around noon yesterday. Dean grabs another beer and throws it in Sam's direction. Sam fails to react and the beer shatters on the floor. (laughs) Sam says, I'm sorry. uh..." Dean says, that's why we don't have nice things, Sam. And then <laughs> Sam stumbles. Dean says, are you okay? Sam says, yeah, I'm fine. I just, uh, and he leans on the table and rubs his face. He says, uh, you know what? I'm going to get dressed. We should go find Kevin. Dean says, hey, 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 easy, easy, sleeping beauty. Look, man, I've hacked into every security camera around Garth's house, houseboat, houseboat. <laughs> Kevin's hometown and where Mrs. Tran lived. Sam says, and Dean says, well, nothing so far. Sam says, Dean, we have to find him. Dean says, I know, I know, but Garth is out looking for him and we got a hunter APB out on Kevin. We will do what we can from here while you get better. Which, um, I mean, Sam's had like what, two trials? at this point yes (laughs) i'm like uh. why do you think he's gonna just like sleep it off and get better like he hasn't been getting better like Mm -mm. 
In he's fact, got, he's been he's, getting progressively worse. <laughs> and he's got another trial, which is going to like kick his ass more or do worse. You know, like mm-hmm. you're not just going to like hang out on the couch watching supernatural reruns no. and get better. <laughs> like, like, oh, now I feel better. <laughs> no, you will not feel better for a long time. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. Um, Sam says, I'm fine, Dean. I can still go out there. I can still hunt. Dean says, really? So we cut to the bunker shooting gallery, <laughs> which hi, that's awesome that they have a shooting gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to range in my house. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so Sam and Dean are there. Uh, Dean loads a gun. Sam says, this is stupid. Dean fires the gun twice, hitting one of the targets in the chest both times. Dean says, all right, you hit that target. We'll talk about you getting back out there. Sam says, no problem. <laughs> So Sam aims, um, but his hand is wavering. So he uses his other hand to steady the gun, but still misses the target entirely on both shots he fires. And turns out there's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Dean says, look, man, this is, or this second trial hits you a lot harder than the first one. I don't know whether it's just more intense or what. Sam says, felt the same till the next day. Dean says, so we're going to sit tight keep an eye out until you get better um which is again stupid but okay (laughs) so we cut back to the library um uh you have email notification pops up on the laptop sam says it's from charlie it says in the neighborhood found you guys a case found us a case dean says in the neighborhood how the hell does she know where we are sam says uh well she doesn't not exactly at least it says she tracked ourselves to a 20 mile radius um then the signal went out huh this place must be in some kind of like bermuda triangle dean says what are you saying we can make and receive phone calls from here and nobody can track us man i love this place (laughs) so we cut to outside the bunker sam and dean are leaning on the trunk of baby waiting charlie bradbury pulls up and gets out of the car dean says your highness charlie says what's up bitches (laughs) Charlie hugs Dean and then Sam, uh, who leans back heavily onto the Impala immediately afterwards and grunts. He's looking kind of drunk. Yeah. (laughs) At least his hair isn't so poofy. (laughs) And Charlie says, you okay, Sam? Sam says, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. What are you doing in Kansas? Charlie says, "Uh, a comet convention in Topeka. Sam says, in the middle of the week? Charlie says, girl's got to get her collectibles. So are you going to invite me into your dungeon or do I got to answer your questions three first? Sam says, allow us, let us introduce you to the men of letters. So back inside uh, the bunker library, Charlie says, holy awesome. Too bad they got wiped out, though that's what they get for the sexist name. (laughs) Sam says, well, anyway, that's our skinny. How about you? Charlie says, um, made a deal with the yesteryear weirdos. We're going to team up to stomp the shadow orcs. You guys are still coming to the mid-year jubilee, right? Dean says, wouldn't miss it. Sam says, so what about this case you brought us? Charlie says, when I was in Topeka, I saw this pop up over the wire. Uh, I said that weirdly. I saw this pop up over the wire. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Uh, she says, Tom Blake, a checkout clerk in Selena, who went missing on his way home from work. He was found dead yesterday, his insides liquefied. 
Locals have no idea what happened. They tried to bury the report so no one one would freak, but I flagged it. I have eliminated the following things that go bump in the night. (laughs) She's like, and here we go. (laughs) Yep. Sam says, wait a second. When did you become such an expert? Charlie says, well, after you guys left, I dug into all things monsters. I'm a wee bit obsessive. If wee bit means completely. I also found the series of books by a Carver Edland. Sam and Dean exchange very awkward looks. She says, did those books really happen? Sam and Dean look away. Sam sighs. Charlie says, wow, that is some meta madness. To Dean, she says, thanks for saving the world and stuff. To Sam, she says, sorry, you have zero luck with the ladies. Sam says, what? And then to Dean, he says, we need to find every single copy of those books and burn them. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Charlie says, they're online now. So good luck with that. (laughs) Dean says, awesome. Well, you two crazy kids deal with that. I will go see if there's anything to this uh, case of yours. Sam says, I'm coming with you. Sam stands up as well, but staggers, nearly falling over. Charlie jumps up from her seat and grabs his arm. She says, whoa, are you sure you're okay? Sam says, yes. Dean says, no, you're taking a knee as long as you're off your game. Charlie says, I'll go with you. Dean says, no disrespect, okay, but there's a big difference between reading about hunting and actually hunting. Charlie says very forcefully, I'm coming with. So we cut to the bunker shooting gallery. (laughs) Dean loads the gun. Charlie gives him an exasperated look. She says, for serious? Dean says, okay, now if you can hit that target, then we can talk about you actually. But Charlie grabs the gun and fires twice. Both perfect headshots. She says, (laughs) yeah, she says, what? (laughs) I did not know I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Dean says, all right, if you're going to do a ride along, then you, uh, you got to lose the novelty t-shirts. Charlie says, son of a pantsuit. So we cut to inside a clothing store. We get a montage to the song Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. And Charlie is trying on a bunch of different outfits. Dean sits outside the dressing room, making her a fake FBI badge. And occasionally he looks up to disapprove of the various outfits. Um, Eventually he grabs Charlie's cell phone and turns off the music. Charlie says, montage. Dean glares at her when Charlie goes off to try on another outfit, uh, which is an actual pantsuit and gets Dean's approval. Finally, Charlie says trials. That's never good. Dean says, yeah. And our profits in the wind. Charlie says, what about a uh, Castiel? He seems helpful and dreamy. <laughs> um, because like, he fucking um, is. What? You know, I mean, yes, Dean, but Dean just silent her type. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dean just silently agrees. <laughs> I, I added that part in in case you want to. <laughs> Dean says he's MIA with a tablet of his own doing God knows what. I mean, to be honest, this whole thing is, I mean, Sam's a tough son of a bitch, but Cass is saying that these trials are messing with him in ways that even he can't heal. Charlie says, if it's any consolation, having read your history, there's pretty much nothing the Winchesters can't do if they work together. Dean says, thanks. We're all in this together. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, <laughs> I'm not proud of that moment. <laughs> I am. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie says, "Must be nice having a brother. Someone to always watch your back." Dean says, "Yeah, no brothers or sisters." Charlie says, "Actually, I have two. Their names are Xbox and PS3." <laughs> Dean says, "Not getting any reception. Can I use your phone?" Charlie says, "Uh, sure." So Dean takes her phone and dials. Sam answers and says, yeah. Dean says, hey, it's me. You okay? Sam says, yes, Dean. Sam is in the shooting gallery. He says, I'm still fine. Look, I can hunt. Dean says, well, then let the healing continue. I'll check in with you later. And Dean hangs up. <clears throat> Not really sure what the point of that phone call was. Yeah, I don't Aren't know. Weren't they only gone for like an hour? Like, is he going to call Sam every hour? I, I mean, know. I don't know. It, I think part of it is that. And I think part of it is, I mean, is explained in a little bit. But Oh, okay. I don't remember. Apparently. <laughs> okay. um, so Sam hangs up and grabs the gun. He fires another two shots uh, closer than before, but still not quite hitting the target. Sam says, close enough, um, which it's not, Sam. No, like when it comes to guns, close enough is not good. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's you hitting innocent people. Um, so we cut to inside the hospital at the coroner's office. Um, Dean knocks on the door to Dr. Jennifer O'Brien's office. Jennifer says, come in. So Dean and Charlie enter. Dean takes out his badge. Charlie fumbles with hers and ends up holding it upside down. Dean glances over and Charlie notices her mistake and quickly puts the badge away. Dean shows the doctor his own badge. He says, hi, uh, Special Agent Hicks. This is my partner, Special Agent Ripley. We're here about the body with the creamy filling. Yeah. Jennifer says, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer says, all right. I didn't think you guys would have any interest in that. Dean says, FBI, ma'am. We never leaned it. <laughs> what I mean is, <laughs> we never leave a stone unturned. Mind if we take a peek? Jennifer says, of course not. I just need your signed chain of custody request and it's all yours. Dean says, sorry, the what? Jennifer says, chain of custody request from your supervisor to mine. Dean says, right. Uh, you know what? He holds out a business card and says, you want to call my supervisor? I'm sure he can give you the override or whatever. Jennifer says, yeah, I'm sorry. Unless he can give me the form, I can't give you access to the body. Charlie says, but FBI. <laughs> Jennifer yes, says, Charlie, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer says, I understand, dear, but paperwork is paperwork. Dean sits down and leans in close to Jennifer. He says, of course. Jennifer. Uh, it is Jennifer. Jennifer says, yeah. Dean says, uh, we have been on the road all day and this is strictly routine. Dot the I's, cross the T's kind of thing. If you could do us a solid. Jennifer says, come back with a signed form and I'd be happy to do you a solid. Until then. So we cut to a short time later. Charlie and Dean leave the hospital. Charlie says, that never happened in the books. Dean says, want to tell me what happened back there, Boo Radley? Charlie says, I'm sorry, I froze. I couldn't control alt delete my way out. Real life <laughs> role playing is hard. Dean says, it's okay. We'll come back later when Doris Do-Right isn't here anymore. Charlie says, oh, perfect. Breaking and entering. Dean says, no different than hacking. Charlie says, beg to differ. 
one I've been doing since I was a teenager. The other I've done once with you two idiots walking me through it. And I had my arm broken in the process, which, okay. Yes. Getting your arm broken sucks. And should you bring it up? Okay. But like, you've already brought it up. Like <laughs> I guess been brought up is, a few times at this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like they like stood there and broke your arm, you know, yeah, like, no. you know, you gotta kind of move past it. I don't know. <laughs> I think though too, like she, I, I don't know. They they've had a lot worse than just a broken arm, so it's kind of like, dude, like yeah, you had a broken arm. You know how many times I've been shot, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> and not that I've, I mean, I've never broken a bone in my body, so I am, you know, probably an asshole right now. So. <laughs> It probably sucks balls. Yeah. It probably sucks balls and, you know, obviously changes your lifestyle for quite a while. So. Yeah. But also at the same time, like I wouldn't make somebody feel bad about it if they didn't do it like over and over and over, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You just kind of got to get over it at some point, you know? Yeah. Okay. So Dean says, uh, what did you hack when you were a teenager? Charlie says, uh, NORAD. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, whatever you say, war games. Why don't we go grab some grub while we wait? So we cut to some railroad tracks. It's nighttime. Two young guys are playing video games as they walk along the tracks, which again, what are you doing? Like, like the whole point of being outside is to be outside. <laughs> be outside. Also, like you're walking on some tracks, like playing video games so you're clearly not noticing like I don't know trains you know (laughs) or anything else that's going on (laughs) and it's it's nighttime so like you know nefarious shit could be around you and anyway okay I'm just judging teenagers okay (laughs) fine we all kind of do sometimes yeah okay I mean listen (laughs) teenagers I I was one at at one point you know that sometimes they just they should be judged. You know? <laughs> I did some stupid ass shit as a teenager. And I am <laughs> so thankful that there is no social media at the time because yep. God damn. Although maybe <laughs> if there was, I wouldn't have done such stupid shit because I would have known like, Hey, the world is watching, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. See for me, I feel like <clears throat> I did have some social media, but not really. It was like Facebook you know, and Mm -hmm. pretty much that's it. And nobody re like, it wasn't super popular. Like there's still a lot of people that didn't have it, you know? Yeah. So, eh, you know, (laughs) yeah, definitely kind of one of those, like, well, this, I guess this could have made a difference, but also probably wasn't going to. Yeah. Well, I just thank God (laughs) 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 that the dumb shit I did did not get recorded. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. Guy number one on the tracks says, awesome. I got three stars. Guy number two says, so I'm three levels ahead of you, man. Guy number one notices something on the ground. He says, dude, stop. Guy number two says, I can't, I'm just too good. (laughs) Guy number one says, dude. And he points down and there's a dead man on the ground with his stomach distended. Guy number one picks up a fallen branch and tries to poke at it. Okay. Haven't you ever seen an exploding whale? Like, don't, (laughs) don't do that. 
you should probably just not poke dead things with sticks anyways you know (laughs) especially like if that guy's got like a distended stomach like it's gonna pop (laughs) very possible yeah (laughs) you're gonna get you're gonna get all kinds of things on you (laughs) all sorts of goo (laughs) yeah okay all right um okay he pokes at it guy number two says whoa no dude that's a bad idea guy number one says your face is a bad idea (laughs) and then he pokes the dead guy's stomach again he says see nothing to worry about and then he pokes some more until shocker the dead man's stomach explodes (laughs) splattering (laughs) splattering both of them in blood they scream so we cut to some time later, still at the railroad. Uh, police have arrived at the scene. Charlie and Dean pull up in the Impala. Charlie says, maybe you should go this time. Dean says, uh-uh, back on the horse, kiddo. Come on. So they get out of the car and walk over to a police officer. Charlie says, hey there, and holds out her badge upright this time. She says, I am Special Agent Ripley. This is my partner. But the police officer says, save it. Your other agent's over there. Charlie and Dean exchange a look and then walk over to Sam, who has arrived a while ago. Sam says, took you guys so long. Dean says, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) Sam says, work in the case, same as you. He points in the direction of the body and says, Jake Hill, librarian, went missing yesterday. No relation to the other Vic. Coroner already swooped in and scooped up what was left of him. Which, I mean, did they scoop up all the goo? Probably. I assume with a shovel. How else would you do it? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they have some sort of like official goo scooper, you know? I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) Some things just aren't that glamorous. (laughs) (sighs) I know for like road smeary situations, I think they have like, um, it's like, I don't remember if it's like a sawdust or like a sandy type stuff that like soaks up some of the liquid so maybe yeah like that but also <laughs> yeah tough That's to say. So sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay so dean says uh yeah we matter bit of a stickler well if there's not a body there's nothing else to see here so why don't you head on home sam says still have to talk to the witnesses dean says well we can handle that charlie why don't you go talk to the witnesses charlie says but i don't want to miss the bromance Dean says, Charlie. <laughs> like, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie walks off to where the guys are sitting. Um, Dean says, look, man, I know you're frustrated, but you're also sick. Sam says, I'm not leaving, Dean. So we cut to Charlie. She says to the guys, hey, boys, Special Agent Ripley, FBI and stuff. What game are you guys playing? Guy number two says, Super Eater. Charlie says, Underworld Adventures or Dimension Travelers? Guy number one says, Underworld Adventures. Charlie says, nice. So about that childhood trauma you experienced earlier. (laughs) And we cut to Dean. He says, I know you want to help. I do. But Sam says, Dean, you cannot take care of the both of us. I need to be out here. Play through the pain, right? Dean says, come on, man. Don't quote me to me. Charlie returns. She says, so the boys said they noticed something on the body's arm before it covered them in years of future therapy. Said it looked like a blue handprint. Dean says, sound like something, sounds like something you should read about in a book at home. (laughs) 
Sam says, I'm not leaving until we find out whatever is doing this. Dean says, whatever. And he stocks off. Charlie says, you guys fight like an old married couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Not wrong. Sam, <laughs> Sam says, Charlie. Charlie says, does this, does this mean we don't have to break into the coroner's office anymore? Sam says, that's a good idea. <laughs> so Dean drives away in the Impala. Charlie says, is he leaving? He's leaving. Sam says, that's all right. I stole your car. I think I know where he's going. Come on. Uh-huh. Charlie says, cool. Wait, but you stole like, my car? How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we cut back to the hospital. Dean enters the morgue. Uh, Sam and Charlie are already waiting there for him. Sam says, what took you so long? Dean says, I stopped for gas. Shut up. Body's in here. Uh, the headlights of a car pulling up outside shine in through the window. Sam says, the hell? And Charlie runs off. Dean says, Charlie, Charlie. But she disappears around the corner for a moment and then reappears. Charlie says, it's the coroner. I got this. So Sam and Dean go into the morgue. And Charlie enters the coroner's office. Charlie says, hello. Hey there. Uh, front door was open. Jennifer says, oh, uh, what are you doing here? Charlie says, I uh, came back to get a blank copy of that form you asked for. Jennifer says, the FBI doesn't have chain of custody forms. Charlie says, the field office had a power outage after catching fire. I figured I could just borrow, borrow a copy or two. Jennifer says, of course, just give me a sec. So we cut to the morgue. Dean opens a body drawer only to find that there is no body in there. Dean says, the hell? It's empty. Sam is flipping through paperwork. He says, uh, they burn the bodies. Dean says, already? Sam says, yeah, they think it's some kind of like outbreak scenario. Even the CDC, even got the CDC to sign off on it. Dean says, these folks run a tight ship. So I cut back to Charlie. Jennifer says, here you go. And she hands Charlie the forms. Charlie says, great, perfect, thank you. Jennifer says, well, if you'll excuse me, I have some work to do in the morgue. And she starts to leave. Charlie says, uh, can I ask you a personal question? I am new to the whole power suit thing and yours is killer. Where do you get them? So cut to the morgue. Dean says, so does this mean we need to take Silkwood showers now? Or is this still a case? What the heck is a Silkwood shower? I don't know. Okay. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah, I do want you to look it up. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, Silkwood reminds me of, like, worms for some reason. I don't know why it would, but... Silkwood shower is a very long, hot shower taken to disinfect and decontaminate oneself from environmentally acquired smells, such as smoke or food. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. So no worms are involved. No. <laughs> That's for the best. Nope, it's just getting de-stunk. De- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, something about that mark the kids saw rings a bell. He snaps pictures of the documents and says, probably have to check the lore or maybe dad's journal. Dean says, hurry up. So we cut back to the coroner's office. Jennifer says, all you need are three jackets, three pairs of pants, and you're all set. Charlie says, so simple, so smart. You should have a blog. <laughs> Jennifer says, okay, I'll get right on that. And she leaves again. And Charlie runs after her. In the hallway, Charlie says, um, so what about shoes? I can never find the right kind to go with. Jennifer says, okay, I'm sorry, but I am not a stylist. 
they reach the morgue, which is surprisingly Winchesterless. <laughs> Charlie says, Oh, well, thanks for the forms and the fashion advice. You're the best. Don't go changing. Okay, bye. <laughs> Just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the bunker library. Sam says, Leviathan. Charlie says, No, they consume their prey. Sam says, Well, maybe the Vicks were Leviathan. Charlie says, no black goo on either scene of the coroner reports. Sam says, dragons. They, uh, Charlie says, no signs of burns on the VIX. And she crosses them off of a list on her iPad. Sam says, I hate that thing. I want one. <laughs> Dean says, wait a second, gin. Charlie says, gin VIX don't get liquefied. Dean says, no, 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 not regular gin. According to this, there's a bastard offshoot. Uh, their eyes light up blue. They pass as human, all that regular jazz, except these leave their victims with jelly-like insides. And supposedly when they poison their victims, they leave behind a blue handprint. He closes the journal and slams his hand on it. Charlie okay. says, ha. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Charlie says, I hate that thing. And I want one. <laughs> Sam says, so this, so these things die like regular gin. Dean says, silver blade dipped in lamb's blood. Yeah. And now we just got to find the asshat. Charlie says, all right, well, breakthrough means snack time to me. And I want to just stretch my legs. I will pick us up some grub. And unlike you, Sam, I will not forget the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> Ooh, put some ice on that thing. <laughs> <sighs> so Charlie leaves the bunker. Dean says, she seemed a little off to you. Sam says, since the second she got here. So we cut to Charlie's apartment. It's nighttime. Charlie rummages through a box of fake passports and other IDs and credit cards. She opens her laptop and starts typing in a code. She pauses as she hears the sound and then continues typing. Uh, funds are being transferred from multiple accounts in the names of Christine E. Le Guin, Annie Tolkien, and Susan Asimov uh, to a Gertrude Middleton. There's another sound and Charlie gets up to investigate. She opens the front door only to find that no one's there. When she turns back around, Jennifer is suddenly in the room with gin blue eyes. Whoops. Not good. Uh -uh. So we cut to the bunker library. It's the next day. Sam is on the phone. He says, Charlie, it's Sam. Uh, again, call us. Okay. And he starts coughing. <laughs> Sam or Dean enters the room. Sam says, Hey, Dean says, any word from Charlie? Sam says, uh, no. And there was no comic convention in Topeka. I don't know why. I mean, why would she lie to us? Dean says, one way to find out. And he pulls out his phone. Sam says, what are you doing? Dean says, when I called you from her phone, I turned on her GPS. So we cut That's to- That's why he stole her phone. That's exactly why. I don't have service bullshit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dean is smart. He's got his moments. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so we cut to Charlie's apartment. Um, Sam, oh, the room is a mess and furniture's flipped over and everything is just askew. Sam from outside the door says, Charlie, hey, Charlie, are you in there? He opens the door and goes inside. Dean following right behind him. Sam says, Dean, and they quickly scan the room but find it empty. Sam spots the box of fake IDs. He says, the hell? Dean says, what the hell is this place? Sam says, whatever it is, it belongs to Charlie or some variation of her. 
Dean says, well, who the hell is she? Jason Bourne? Okay, so we got no forced entry. So either it was somebody she knew or Sam says, Jen. Dean uh, picks up Charlie's phone and says, here's all our missed calls. You got anything on her laptop? Sam says, yeah, um, she's been making donations through her aliases to Shawnee County General here in Topeka. Dean says, what, a charity? Sam says, a patient, Gertrude Middleton. Dean says, we need answers. I'll take Gertrude. You keep gin digging. <laughs> so we cut to the hospital in Gertrude's room. Gertrude Middleton is laying in a hospital bed, comatose and on life support. The nurse says, Gertrude's been in a persistent vegetative state for 16 years. About a year ago, her condition got worse. This ventilator is the only thing keeping her alive. Dean says, how did this happen? The nurse says, she and her husband were hit by a drunk driver. He didn't make it. They were on their way to pick up their daughter from a sleepover. Dean says, a daughter. The nurse says, she was 12. She got into trouble after her parents' accident. Nobody's heard from her since. Folks have been donating to cover Gertrude's care over the years. It's a sweet gesture, but the truth is, she's gone. Dean says, she ever get any visitors? The nurse says, a couple nurses say, or said they thought they saw someone in here reading to her, but nobody's ever officially signed in to visit her. She's all alone. If you'll excuse me, I have to make my rounds. That was a lot of information, like backstory for that nurse to know. I know. <laughs> I wonder how like realistic that is. I don't know. I mean, if she's been there for 16 years yeah, and maybe. that nurse has been working there for a while, mm -hmm. people talk, you know? And yeah, <laughs> right. <clears throat> Dean says, thank you. And he walks over to Gertrude. He says, you got one hell of a daughter, Mr. Middleton, Mrs. Middleton. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> he says, I promise you, I will find her. So we cut to an abandoned shipping warehouse. Charlie is tied to a chair, struggling to try and get free. Jennifer says, you're not going anywhere. Charlie, very panicky, says, Wilhelm scream, which I don't know what that means, but I'm pretty sure you go over it in the interesting facts. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jennifer says, you know what I smell on you? Charlie says, deodorant. A little pee, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. I get that. <laughs> Jennifer says, fear. Charlie says, gin smell fear? Jennifer says, well, well, well. If you know about gin, then you and your little friends are hunters, not FBI. Charlie says, no, I'm, I'm more hunter in training. Totally not worth killing. Jennifer says, oh, but you are worth killing, sweetheart. Yeah, you see my kind. We prefer a more bitter taste to blood um, than the run-of-the-mill gin. We prefer the taste of fear. And when I caught a whiff of you at the morgue, ooh, such delicious fear inside of you. I followed your scent. I knew you'd make a meal fit for two. Charlie says, for two? Jennifer grabs Charlie's arm. And Charlie says, no! And blue tattoos light up on the gin's arm. Her eyes light up blue as well. And Charlie gasps. So we cut to the boys in the bunker. Sam says, so no chance of recovery, huh? Dean says, no, no. Gertrude seems like a cool mom too. Kind, strong, taken from her family way too young. Remind you of anybody? Then he says, did you find anything? 
Sam says, I think so. A John Doe from nine years ago. The original coroner wanted the body sent to the CDC, but the coroner's new assistant accidentally ordered the body to be burned. Accidentally on purpose. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Dean says, new assistant. Sam says, Jennifer O'Brien. Dean says, coroner is a hell of a cover for hiding kills. So we cut back to Charlie. Jennifer releases Charlie's arm, leaving behind a blue handprint. Charlie says, my manly man friend's going to come get you, you creepy power suit lady. (laughs) Um, What? (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer says, oh, let him come. He reeked of fear as well. She grabs Charlie's arm again. Charlie screams and then passes out. So cut back to the bunker library. Sam says, now get this. CDC's never heard from Jennifer uh, this time either. She faked the reports, burned the bodies to cover her tracks. Dean says, so why does she get sloppy again after nine years and start leaving the bodies where they can be found? Sam says, well, let's go ask her. According to this, she owns two pieces of property in town. One two-bedroom house about 10 minutes from here and an abandoned shipping warehouse. Hmm. Dean says, of course she does. I know. Because <laughs> that's not, that's not suspicious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally normal. <laughs> so we cut to the abandoned shipping warehouse. Sam and Dean enter and make their way to the area where Charlie is being held. Jennifer is nowhere to be seen. Dean moves over to Charlie and says, Charlie, Charlie, hey. He shakes her. He says, hey, Charlie. Sam, meanwhile, explores the rest of the warehouse. Suddenly, Jennifer creeps up behind him. He attempts to attack her, but she easily overpowers him. Jennifer starts rolling up her sleeve. The tattoos and her eyes glow blue as she approaches Sam. Then the blue light in her eyes dies out and she drops to the floor. Dean has come up behind her and stabbed her with the silver blade. Dean says, you okay? Yeah. Yay, Dean. (laughs) And Sam says, where's Charlie? So moments later, (laughs) Sam and Dean run up to Charlie Sam injects her with a syringe filled with blue liquid, but it has no effect. Dean says, what the hell's going on? Sam says, I don't know. Different gin? Maybe she needs a different antidote. Dean says, Charlie? And he touches her forehead. He says, she's burning up, man. We're not letting her turn to jello. Sam says, okay, okay. Uh, Gin poison puts your brain in something like a feedback loop while your blood boils, right? Dean says, right. Sam says, uh, if the antidote didn't break the loop, then maybe we can find a way to break it from the inside. I mean, if Jin take you to your happy place, your happy place is like a dream. Sam and Dean say simultaneously, African dream root. So cut to a short time later, um, Sam unscrews a jar of African dream root. Dean tips in a vial of ginger. Sam pulls out one of Charlie's hairs and adds it to the jar. Dean says, all right, let's do this. And he drinks the contents of the jar. He says, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to need to go to sleep fast. So punch me. Sam gives him a look. Dean says, look, man, I know you don't want to. Okay. But Sam punches him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I want to. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Dean, <good> to me. <laughs> Dean staggers backward a little, but is it knocked out? Sam shakes his hand in pain. Dean says, well, you're a little off your game there. Cause I was, that was pretty. And Sam punches him again, and Dean slumps into the unoccupied chair, unconscious. (laughs) So we cut to the 1950s military hospital. Dean wakes up at the desk. Uh, We cut to Dean picking up the newspaper from behind the dead girl. 
And then we cut to Dean being approached by the growling creature, which turns out to be two vampire soldiers. The elevator behind Dean opens. Charlie is inside in combat gear and carrying a shotgun. Dean steps out of the way and Charlie comes out of the elevator shooting both vampires. Charlie says, come with me if you want to live. And then she (laughs) says, I've always wanted to say that. What are you doing in my dream? Dean says, you are attacked by a djinn, the coroner. Jennifer, remember? Jin usually send you to your uh, happy place. Uh, no judgment, but you got a really strange sense of happy, kiddo. <laughs> Charlie says, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Jennifer said that her kind feeds off fear. This isn't my happy place. It's a reoccurring nightmare of mine. Dean says, what is this? Charlie says, it's a video game. Dean says, wait a second. You're telling me this whole thing is a video game. Charlie says, it was called the Red Scare, a first-person shooter against super soldier vampires. I copied it off a game company server before it was finished, reprogrammed it to reflect my flamingly liberal politics, and then I released it for free. Then I'm they like, tracked no me big down. Deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they tracked me down and had me arrested. I was 12. <laughs> Dean says, and you've been on the run ever since. So I cut to Sam watching over the bodies of Dean and Charlie. Sam coughs and checks for blood, then glances over at his friends. I mean, I, you know, and brother. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's a sound in the distance. Uh, back in Charlie's dream, she says, so how do we get out of here? Dean says, I don't know. We gave you the gin antidote, but it didn't take. And I killed the gin. Charlie says, both of them? We cut back to Sam. He looks around the warehouse and sighs. Then a younger Jin, who is Jennifer's son, steps out from behind a corner. The Jin says, you killed my mom. He approaches Sam and his eyes glow blue. We cut back to Charlie's dream. Um, they are, Dean and Charlie are walking down a corridor. Dean says, we got to get back and help Sammy. Tell me about this game. Maybe if we win, we can. Several more vampire soldiers approach. Dean and Charlie take them all out. Charlie says, look, I don't know how long I've been out, but I've been through this level a thousand times already. Dean says, what? Charlie says, every time I beat the level and save the patients, I get reset back to the beginning. Only there's less weapons and the vampires are faster. It's an infinite loop. An infinite loop. (laughs) Infinite (laughs) loop. (laughs) <laughs> it's that it's that thing um <laughs> she says like pac-man without level 256 dean says level what charlie says nothing dean says wait what patience <clears throat> so dean and charlie lock themselves inside the patient's room dean slides back the curtain around one of the beds to reveal gertrude dean says charlie i know who this is charlie comes over to have a look charlie says what are you talking about Dean says, when you went missing, me and Sam found your little crash pad. We saw the payments that you make for her. So I went and visited your mom looking for you. Charlie says, she's why I'm in Kansas. I sneak into the hospital whenever I can. And I just, I read to her. She used to read me to sleep at night when I was a kid. She'd read me the Hobbit. She's the reason I love the stuff I love. And she blinks back tears. Dean says, I'm sorry for your loss. Charlie says, she's not gone. And she yanks the curtain closed and paces away. Dean opens another curtain and there is Sam lying in a bed, comatose. Dean says, Sam? Charlie walks over and says, is this my nightmare or yours? 
The vampires start breaking down the door to the patient's room. We cut back to Sam. He's thrown to the ground by the gin, but crawls back up. Sam says, no, it wasn't your mom who messed up. It, it was you. The gin says, shut up. And he punches Sam, who drops to the ground again. The gin says, I just came of age. I had to feed. I screwed up. Sam grabs the drop silver blade as the gin looks over to his mom's body. The gin says, mom knew how to cover her tracks. She always told me not to play with my food. Sam comes up behind the gin and stabs him as he turns around. Sam says, yeah, well, you should have listened to your mom. And the gin drops to the floor dead. So they cut back to Charlie's dream. Charlie says, this is it. The boss battle. Come on, we got to save the patients. Dean says, wait, wait, wait. You said we're stuck in a loop, right? But out there in the real world, you're dying. And I might be too. We got to find a way to break this loop. Charlie says, okay, how? Dean says, I think the only way to stop this is to not play. Charlie says, what? No, no. We got to save him. Nut up, Winchester. (laughs) (laughs) A vampire punches through the door and Dean shoots him. Charlie says, see, you can't stop either. Dean says, listen to me, this poison, it's designed to put your mind into an endless cycle while your insides turns, turn to mush. Okay. And it's fuel is fear. Now call me crazy, but I think the only way to break the cycle is to let go of the fear and stop playing the game. Charlie says, you don't know that. And she shoots another vampire. Dean says, I know that your fear is creating all of this. You're not afraid of those super soldier vamps out there. You're not afraid of this game and you're not afraid of what it did to you. Hey, look at me. You are afraid of losing her, but Charlie, she's already gone. Charlie says, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. I was at a sleepover and I got scared. So I called my parents to come and get me. They should never have been driving that night. Dean says, it wasn't your fault. Charlie, who's totally crying, says, I just want to tell her that I'm sorry and that I love her and just have her hear it again. I just need her. I just need her to hear that one more time, but she can't, she can't. Dean says, I know, believe me, I know, but you got to let it go. Game over kiddo. Charlie takes aim at the vampires near the door again and hesitates and then drops the shotgun. The vampires disappear. Dean walks over and opens on what is left of the door and the hallway is empty. Charlie walks over to Gertrude's bed and slides open the curtain. The bed is empty as well. Charlie says, mom? So I cut back to Sam. Um, Dean starts to wake up. Sam says, Dean, Dean, hey, hey, come here. You okay? What happened? What happened? Dean says, I'm okay. And then he looks over at Charlie and says, Charlie? Charlie wakes up, looks over at Dean and lets out a tearful gasp. Dean says, I'm sorry, I had to. Charlie starts sobbing again as Dean pulls her into a hug. Oh, poor Charlie. I don't like it. Um, So we cut to outside the bunker. Uh, It's daytime. Charlie, Sam, and Dean all come out and Sam hands Charlie her bag. Charlie says, so thanks for saving our bacon. Sam says, anytime, your highness. Charlie (laughs) says, you know, you're going to be okay, right? Those books portray you as like one tough customer. If anyone can get through the trial, Sam, it's you. Sam says, thanks. You know, you really should come back and dig through our archives. You are definitely a woman of letters. Charlie says, I like the sound of that. Sam hugs her and retreats into the bunker. Dean says, well, 
Thanks for stopping by, Charlie. Always wanted to get trond. What's next for you? Charlie says, gonna go by the hospital. Gotta let go, right? What about you? You're gonna let it go? Dean says, never. Charlie says, that's Take my your boy. Own words, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Charlie please. says, that's my boys. And then she says, I love you. Dean says, I know. And she smiles. Dean pulls Charlie into another hug and kisses her temple, which is very sweet. Uh, Charlie then walks down to her car and waves as she walks. We cut to inside the bunker. Dean comes in the room. Sam says, okay, look, you were right. I should have laid low. I, I know I should have hung back, but I'm glad I was able to. But Dean pulls him into a hug. Dean says, what do you say we find our profit? Dean walks away, leaving Sam standing there slightly bewildered. So we cut to a hospital in Gertrude's room. It's daytime still. Charlie signs in and hands the nurse back her clipboard. The nurse says, take all the time you need with your mom, okay? And the nurse leaves. Charlie goes to sit by her mom's bedside. She brushes a lock of hair off of Gertrude's face, then pulls a tattered book out of her bag. Charlie says, one last time, okay? And she turns to the first page and reads... In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. Not a nasty, dirty, wet hole filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy hole with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a hobbit hole, and that means comfort. And credits. Okay, so I have two thoughts. Um, Okay. The first one (laughs) is I need to read the Lord of the Rings series again. Oh my God. It's been a really long time. It's been a long time since I've even watched the movies though. Like Mm -hmm. it's like too long. I watched the Hobbit around when it came out. And so, but I don't know when that was, that was probably like eight or nine years ago. Cause I remember it being kind of around the time that I was in like massage school and, you know, just kind of starting massage. So Mm -hmm. it's been a while. (laughs) When the, um, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out on DVD, um, I was dating a boy who, um, was really into fantasy and was like, you need to watch these movies. Like, these are great movies. And I was like, ah, it's not really my thing. Like, yeah. you know, I don't really, you know, they remind me of my dad, like, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> And he was like, no, 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 you'll like it. Like it's got, you know, it's got scary stuff. It's got like, you know, it's got all, all kinds of stuff. You'll like it. And I was, and th- so this is just the fellowship of the ring. Okay. Yeah. So like not all the movies together, but just the fellowship we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was just like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So for like a month, he tries to convince me to watch it like every day. And then he goes, um, on a trip, I think to visit his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that way I don't have somebody going, hey, hey, did you see that? Did you see that? Hey, did you see that? It's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> when he got back, he was so mad at me. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> like, I just needed to like watch it by myself so mm-hmm. I could like form my own opinions without somebody poking at me going, what do you think of that? You know? <laughs> yeah. And of course I fell in love with Legolas and I know that you fell in love with Legolas too. See, I didn't but... fall in love with Legolas. I fell in love with Orlando Bloom and then I saw him as Legolas and honestly don't like him as much as Legolas as I do like every other role that he's in. I only like him in that blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> See, like 
the wig is fine like it, it's whatever <laughs> but like everything else that he's in like Pirates of the Caribbean ooh, yep right there that's that's it oh no <laughs> uh-uh not me, not me. yep <laughs> I had a problem with Orlando Bloom though for a while. (laughs) (laughs) There are worse problems you could have had. So I think that's okay. Um, I, uh, because I, you know, was like, Ooh, Legolas. um, I was like, okay, well I need to read the books to make sure that like homeboy doesn't die. You know, like I need to like be prepared for this guy's death if it's going to happen. Yeah. So I read the whole thing. And like one go, like on the beach, mostly drunk on a vacation. <laughs> so, so yeah, I didn't really read it sober. And I wonder if I missed something. <laughs> Very possible. Yeah. Probably. Have you seen the rest of the movies? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm sure you, uh, like, <laughs> spoiler alert, he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, you know, it's safe that way. <laughs> yeah yeah. the only other thought that I had um about this the series (laughs) Uh, I mean the episode in general is that who has been dyeing Charlie's mom's hair because that is not a natural shade of red it is like a purplish red so somebody has to be sneaking in there and dyeing her hair and keeping up with it like, I, mean, I don't know if they just thought that, like, nobody would know, you know, like, I mean, I guess, like, I know why they gave her red hair, because that way it's like another link to like, oh, this is Charlie's mom, you know, but like, mm-hmm. it's like a purple maroon color. It's not, it's not red, you know, it's not Charlie's <laughs> color. Uh, yeah. I did not notice that. That's so funny. Um, I'm going to assume that Charlie pays someone to do it. Or she just does it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That I would be like, hard when someone is laying down to not make it look, especially with red hair dye, like not make it look like a massacre has happened in the room. You know? Like, there has been a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Especially with that maroony color, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that was just something that I was like, okay, but like somebody needs to explain this. <laughs> yeah, I did because not notice. Because it's not natural. <laughs> <laughs> is it supernatural we don't know <laughs> <It's> possible <laughs> okay <laughs> so what was your favorite moment from this episode um well there were a lot of great moments in this episode um <laughs> I like but yeah oh yeah um um mine was probably the the clothes montage that Charlie did. I thought that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. Um, of just her like doing her poses and (laughs) Dean like barely noticing. Really unimpressed. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and she's she's doing it to her her song and yeah, Yeah. all of it was just fantastic. So yeah, that was mine too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like I especially appreciated it because Dean looked just so like, oh God, get this over with, you know? Like, yeah. And he's like <laughs> the one that's giving her fashion advice, kind of, sort of, you know? Like, yeah, that's weird. Which is interesting, you know? Like, I mean, I mean, really, he was if like, you think about it, they do play dress up a lot, you know? Like, that's true. They have a lot of costume changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of like episodes where they like drive up to where they need to be like a sheriff station or hospital or whatever. Yeah. And they are wearing their street clothes. And then when they go and talk to whoever they need to talk to, they are wearing their like fed suits. And I'm like, did you change in the car? Like together? Like can Sam even do that with his (laughs) leg length? Like, I mean, could either one of them do that? They probably like take turns in the back seat changing clothes, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or they just drive out in the middle of nowhere and like, get out of the car. Yeah. Get out of the car and change, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. I just, I want to, I want to see that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever see that scene. No. We never do. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's a fair amount of like, yeah, they like go in someplace and they're like all dressed in their fed suits and then they're like going about their business and like usually how when they solve the like <laughs> when the Scooby Gang solves the mystery, <laughs> uh-huh. they are not in suits anymore. They're usually nope. like you know they they change a lot. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I have thought about that before. It's like how like they always. The first time they meet somebody who's like official that they need to get information from, they're always in like a suit. And then like the second time they see them, which is usually on accident, they are almost always in like flannel or some sort of normal street clothes, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so hang on tight to your britches, folks, because there is a lot of trivia. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting facts about this episode. Yay. <laughs> um. The first one being when Charlie first flashes her badge, she's holding it upside down, just as Castiel did in his first attempt at being an FBI agent in um, Free to Be You and Me from 2009. The, um, well, that would have been season four, I would assume, or five. I can't remember. One of the two. I actually thought that scene um, hadn't happened yet and was, you know, ahead of us. Uh, no, cause that, that was when I believe don't quote me on this, but I believe that's when he has his, like, I'm going to be a hunter with you guys episode. Okay. Yeah. That I sounds think. familiar. I'm not totally sure, but then I thought that wasn't that long ago either. So I could totally be lying. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, it says, when Charlie's in the elevator, she tells Dean, come with me if you want to live. Um, this line is said in every film in the Terminator series, and Charlie is carrying the same gun favored by Sarah Connor. Yep. Which I haven't seen any of those movies, so who knows? <laughs> but I know, think I've, I believe it. Yeah, I think I've seen the first two, but I was very young. So I remember um, being like, you know, a little traumatized when the Terminator died, the good Terminator yeah um he was like slowly melting in like this vat of like lava or whatever Ew. <laughs> and, I, and I was like oh. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> and my whole thing with you know sympathetic robots or whatever <laughs> so. I definitely yeah I I know like the come with me if you want to live yeah. And that's it. But I wouldn't have until just now, I wouldn't have been able to tell you if it, what it was from, you know, <laughs> Other than okay. it was a line, you know, from yeah. something somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
It says, when Charlie asks, are you going to invite me into your dungeon or do I have to answer your questions three first? Um, it's a Monty Python and the Holy Grail reference from 1975. Uh, the bridge keeper asks three questions before allowing anybody to cross. Um, it's also a Dungeons and Dragons reference. Um, and Charlie is a geek, so she would know both. <laughs> yep, for sure. Kind of a weird way to put that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not wrong. Just, yeah. Maybe geek. yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> nope. Um, it says, Dean introduces himself and Charlie as FBI Special Agents Hicks and Ripley, um, a reference to Dwayne Hicks and Ellen Ripley in the film Aliens from 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Charlie refers to her gin-induced video game dream as an infinite loop, like Pac-Man without level 256. Um, it's an illusion as uh, is this episode title to the iconic arcade game um, and its final unbeatable level, which we looked up earlier because we were like, what in the heck does this even mean? So I guess in level 256 of Pac-Man, like it was all glitchy and everything. And like the screen was like, wouldn't work. And it would like happened. split in half and like, yeah. I, yeah, I can't quite remember, but yeah. Yeah. So it, you couldn't like you couldn't beat the level because it didn't work, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So at level 256, you were done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It says, um, when Charlie is caught, she, 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 okay, let's try this again. When Charlie is caught, she shouts Wilhelm scream, um, which is a, in reference to a famous stock sound effect used in hundreds of movies, most notably for Charlie in star Wars. Um, I don't know who Charlie is from Star Wars, but um, yeah, what? Okay, so it's know. just a, it's just like a recording of someone screaming that is yeah. used in thousands of movies, is what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so it says when Charlie confesses to hacking NORAD as a teenager, um, Dean replies, "Yeah, whatever you say, War Games." Um, this is a reference to the movie War Games from 1983, where Matthew Broderick unwittingly hacks a NORAD defense computer. Um, oh, okay. It says, uh, Charlie tells Dean, I love you. And he replies, I know, in a reversal of what happened in Supernatural, the girl with a Dr- Dungeons and Dragons tattoo from 2012 and Supernatural, Lark and the Real Girl from 2013, um, when Charlie responded the same way to a co-worker and as Queen of Moondor to one of her knights telling um, her that he loved her respectively. Um, this is a reference to Star Wars episode four, um, the Empire, wait, five? I don't know. V. Roman okay i was like you know how long it's been since i've read roman numerals <laughs> i'm like no four is ivy yeah okay, <laughs> that's correct um, <laughs> i had to like think that through but like my brain didn't catch up with my mouth my mouth just kind of kept going so you know it's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's good um but it's the empire strikes back from 1980 um when princess leia tells han solo she loves him and he responds with i know <laughs> um it's the first time the bunker's indoor shooting range is shown um, with Dean, Charlie, and Sam all taking target practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the names on Charlie's fake passports, Christine K. Le Guin and Anne Tolkien, uh, reference fantasy authors Ursula K. Le Guin and J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, 
Charlie says uh, she read the books by Carver Edlund. Um, this is um, Prophet Chuck Shirley's pseudonym, and he or she is referring to the series of books written by Shirley entitled Supernatural, aka the Winchester Gospels, um, yeah. which was revealed in Supernatural, the monster at the end of this book from 2009. Um, Charlie says to Dr. Jennifer O'Brien, don't go changing, um, a quote from Billy Joel's song, Just the Way You Are. Um, when Dean and Charlie pose as FBI agents and speak to the coroner, Charlie panics and is only able to awkwardly utter two words, <laughs> later explaining to Dean that she froze because real life role playing is hard. Um, <laughs> Dean then refers to her as Boo Radley. Um, Boo is a character from Harper Lee's novel To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, Boo is an extremely shy man who never leaves his home, prompting the town to gossip and spread rumors that portray him as a monster. Eventually, Boo is revealed to be an incredibly kind person, but because of the rumors, he had become even more fearful of people and of leaving his home. His fear of interacting with people and the fact that in, entire, that in the entire novel, he only speaks a single sentence <laughs> led Dean to liken Charlie to him. Huh. I never actually read that book. We didn't have to in school. Oh, I did, but it was a very long time ago, so I don't remember much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember loving it. Most of you those know, was, things that they sad. would, yeah, yeah, it was sad, you know. So you feel horrible for for Boo. So yeah, you know, it was just I, like, yeah. Most of the songs or the songs. Why did I come up with songs? Most of the books that they made us read, anyways, in school were like where the red fern grows, which is Ugh. you know traumatizing yeah. and mm -hmm. like Fahrenheit 451 which wasn't bad but kind of like yeah, okay you know and like of mice and men and stuff like that where it's like okay yeah these are all like classic books or whatever but like why you know like mm -hmm. why do they all have to be traumatizing <laughs> yeah I don't remember very many of the books that we had to read I remember where the red fern grows mm -hmm. and old yeller we didn't read um, that one oh I've fucking jesus balls like <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, um what i do remember and this is from high school was reading the great gatsby mm -hmm. and um like obviously understanding it but like not having enough like experience in the world to like empathize really they yeah, haven't read that one either yeah. So because I, um, I mean, they made a movie later, right. With Leonardo DiCaprio, which I did not watch. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, I have the book on like my, my, you know, my phone mm -hmm. and I read like the first chapter of it. This is like a couple years ago. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like me and my, like, you know, relationship you know, based emotional trauma, like totally understands this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so I intend to read the whole thing again, but yeah. 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 I definitely have never read it. I know, like I've heard it referenced a lot, but I never like, yeah, I don't even, honestly, I couldn't tell you what it's even about a little bit. So <laughs> What's this guy's like unrequited like love yeah. for a woman? Yeah. Who yeah. is married to someone who's cheating on her. Mm. Well. And yeah. And there's, <laughs> there's lots of and then the guy that I think she's married to is like a very rich. So I think there's like parties and yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 
I might have said that all completely wrong. And if I did, I apologize to you, great Gatsby <laughs> enthusiasts. <but laughs> that's what I remember. I, mean, I know I've heard of people doing like great Gatsby themed parties, and it's usually like, you know, 20s style, yeah, like, you know, shenanigans. So, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better way to put it, I don't know. <laughs> um where was i okay um so it says as staying with episodes titled with other movies and songs um this episode is entitled pac-man fever named after the 1981 pop song with the same name by buckner and garcia i have never heard of that neither have i (laughs) okay um one of these days i'm going to have heard of something that you've never heard of and it's gonna be like what sort of like loop in the like first <laughs> <laughs> we found you know like, uh it'll totally happen you know a, about a lot of things that I don't know about uh, but when it comes to like you know most of the stuff that's referenced in supernatural not so much that's just like pop culture stuff you know more about like real world stuff you know I can tell you about the entertainment <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how to like actually do shit. So. Sometimes. <laughs> I would not say that that's the truth a lot of the time, but sometimes I do. <laughs> well, you definitely do. <laughs> um, okay. So it says Charlie arrives in a pristine AMC gremlin hatchback, um, a make of car discontinued in 1978. And um, the actress Felicia Day is younger than the car. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Um, it says Charlie's Nightmare um, is the video game The Red Scare, um, which takes place at Fort Brennan. Um, in the real world, by 2012, um, one of the best-selling video games ever was Red Dead Redemption um, from 2010, which took place in part at uh, Fort Brennan. Hmm. Okay. So... Um, it says when Charlie is trying on different suits, uh, the song playing on her phone is walking on sunshine. Um, this is a song introducing Charlie in season seven, episode 20, supernatural, the girl with the dungeons and dragons tattoos from 2012. Yep. Um, it says Dean's alias in this episode is special agent Hicks, um, a reference to the character corporal Hicks from the movie aliens from 1986. Um, and he delivers private Hudson's famous line game over, uh, to Charlie to convince her to stop fighting and escape the gins dream loop. Oh, okay. um, the book the book the book <laughs> oh no I know you're you're really loud all of a sudden I think because you're you're like oh, maybe your microphone on your, your ear light. yeah okay I didn't even know that this was like a microphone until you said at one point because I switched ears you're like it got quiet and I'm like I don't know so like is if it's getting does it is it getting louder Way louder, yeah. Okay, I'm like slowly putting it towards my face, going, "Is it getting louder? Is this hurting your ears?" I'm like, <laughs> so well, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, sorry if I burst your eardrums, folks. <laughs> um, it says the book Charlie is reading from at the end is The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, it says actress Linda Boyd, who here plays Dr. Jennifer O'Brien, um, slash mother Jen, um, and Jared Padalecki appeared together in ER peace of mind from 2001 as mother and son. Um, Boyd is also one of the oft appearing the X-Files 1993 alumni. Okay. She's like, so familiar to me. It must be from the X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you've seen like all the x-files haven't you oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. so ta-da <laughs> <laughs> so okay this is gonna be really stupid but we had a hell of a time trying to find some sort of research <laughs> i know because it's like set in kansas and we've like you know done the hell out of we kansas have beaten that horse or dead horse <laughs> one yes. too many times <laughs> yeah you know, so like, there's only we've already done gin <laughs> yeah we were really reaching with what to you know what to search on yeah, so we went with something that I think is kind of funny. <laughs> um, and this is off of mirror.uncyc.org. Um, and it's an encyclopedia. Um, it's like a wiki encyclopedia thing, okay. which I had never heard of until this, but it's fascinating to me. So we might have to come back to this site at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's about stick poking. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody was poked with a stick in this episode and that's our that's our lead-in that's all we got that's yep, the perfect. only time that we could find, but it was entertaining so <laughs> whatever <laughs> um so it says stick poking is an american pastime that has been going on for centuries <laughs> It basically involves people poking things with sticks when they have nothing else to do. No wonder it's so popular. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So the first thing is the history of stick poking. So it says poking things with sticks traces back to something millions, or something million years ago, right after the extinction of dinosaurs. <laughs> right after the extinction of dinosaurs. <laughs> it began when a caveman got a stick and started poking dinosaur corpses. <laughs> all this is hearsay I'm sure but still you know like somebody has a sense of humor who wrote I it. don't know there could be some drawing on some cave wall about poking something a, with a stick. about a caveman poking a dead dinosaur with a stick <laughs> <laughs> it says another caveman saw this and wanted to play unfortunately he didn't have a stick so he tried to steal the stick from the other caveman so the caveman impaled the stick into the other caveman's brain killing him oh. <laughs> the caveman then started poking the freshly killed body <laughs> wow <laughs> <am> I reading? <laughs> this is this is all fact <laughs> i know right? we're going with it even if it's not i'm gonna like this is I, i'm gonna count it as fact <laughs> <laughs> um so the next thing is things that are poked with sticks uh, before poking something with a stick, you must decide what to poke. Um, <laughs> then you should consider if it is worthy to be poked at all. Usually it is. After that, go ahead and poke it. <laughs> <laughs> there are two main kinds of things that are poked by sticks. There is kind A, things that jiggle, and kind B, things that stay still. <laughs> there are also <laughs> things that can have a devastating effect on you and or others unless you avoid poking them. <laughs> Here's yes. a list of things from each category. Kind A. <laughs> things that jiggle jelly <laughs> fat people <laughs> fat people's butts walruses <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> giant balloons <laughs> beached whales no don't cats. do it <laughs> i know right what, what was that what was that last one bouncy castles oh sure pigs and fat pigs oh. i don't know <laughs> i don't know whatever kind okay. b which is things that stay still are dead things i would say mostly not all the time <laughs> yeah uh, sleeping people 
drunk guys who have passed out (laughs) sloths dead sloths (laughs) beached whales again (laughs) scarecrows uh and boring people there's one that i am not going to read because that is too far um and boring people no have... you have to read it nope, i need I'm to not. know it's no nope, we'll text it to me it's yeah no um i will text it to you later um and it says uh boring people who stay still and don't give a damn about you poking them <laughs> <laughs> wow and then the next section is things that you should never poke with sticks which is um nazis <laughs> wow wow bras bras wait did you say bras piranhas oh yeah don't poke a piranha <laughs> wild boars bouncy castles with children in them <laughs> yeah kangaroos uh-huh <laughs> tasmanian devils <laughs> <laughs> bombs <laughs> oh my god chuck norris <laughs> uh you and can me. probably poke him now and what and me <laughs> oh okay i'm guessing that means the person riding this mm-hmm. and also please I don't poke it was, me with a stick i thought it was gonna be like certain mushrooms that will release <laughs> deadly spores you know that kind of thing nope. i was waiting chuck for norris. that <laughs> chuck norris all right so um the types of stick used um it says there are different types of sticks used for poking uh stuff will happen to the things you poke depending on which stick you use below is a list of different kinds of sticks poke or poking sticks and information about them (laughs) the common sticks the most commonly used stick it can be found in trees and on the ground pointy sticks sticks that are pointy commonly used for things in kind a they will make fat things jump and fatter things explode. <laughs> okay. Sticks on a stick. Sticks attached to another stick. You can poke multiple things at the same time. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know. Whoa! Stickception! <laughs> Burning sticks. Sticks that have been heated by fire makes things that you poke jump and scream. They also leave a mark. <laughs> I said, yeah bloody bloody head on a stick a very rare and sought after object (laughs) what the hell (laughs) famous stick pokers he says a few people or a few people have become very famous for poking things with sticks perhaps the most famous of these is steve Irwin, (laughs) who is legendary for poking crocodiles and other dangerous animals with sticks (laughs) i didn't know that about him i i never really like watched him so I didn't know there were I mean, sticks like, involved. He would like pick up snakes and stuff with sticks, and like I vaguely, briefly remember him like showing off. Maybe more than once. I don't know. Like he would put like a stick in like an alligator's mouth and show it clamping down on something. You know, it's like this is why you don't. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. Granted, I'm sure it probably doesn't happen as frequently as they're like making it out to be, but I it's happened you know okay um (laughs) um it says farmer brown is also widely accredited for stick poking lots of cows what i don't get it it says i don't get it either it says even the great jason Voorhees has been known to poke the bodies of people he kills (laughs) 
which okay. I know nothing about, but fine. Um, it says some guy has been featured in the Guinness Book of Records for highest number of pokes. He is shown to have poked a sleeping mutant walrus. I'm sorry, what? Number. He is shown to have poked a sleeping mutant walrus. A big number, which isn't actually a number because the commas are in the wrong places. So I'm not really sure, but it's a big number um, before it exploded. <laughs> a big number of times before it exploded. Um, okay. I don't, I'm guessing they mean exploded by like it freaked out on him. Okay. Um, or it was dead and then exploded. But it said sleeping. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So I'm guessing oh. that the stick poker was then probably severely injured. But <laughs> yeah, I want to know about this. You said mutant part, right? Like it was mutant. Yeah. My, I don't know. I mean, let's be real. What in this article actually makes sense? So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm not too concerned about it. <laughs> um, it says a sumo wrestler has also been featured for most times to be poked with a stick, having been poked again a number that's very large but also not a number of times <laughs> and counting um okay. many sumo wrestlers have been trying to beat this record but all of them exploded upon the hundredth poke how does he do it what <laughs> i'm beginning to doubt the credibility of this article oh there's no credibility to anything in this but it's funny so that's why we're reading it <laughs> um, so it says other uses for sticks um Sticks can be used for other fun activities besides poking things. Um, here's a list of what else you could do with sticks. <laughs> Whacking people in the butt. <laughs> Playing games of fetch. <laughs> roasting, marshmallow roasting marshmallows over a fire. Impaling a severed head to it. <laughs> Impaling a severed head to it and roasting it over a fire. Uh. Um, nose picking. <laughs> no, that Ew. might be a pretty little stick. <laughs> I know. A twig, more off. Yeah. Um, this is my nose twig. I know. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I need a nose twig. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says drawing things on the ground, um, placing nails on the end, and then smacking people with it. That's horrible. And then beating. Yeah, that is horrible. <laughs> God. So yeah, um, that's stick poking summarized. By All right. Who really has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I feel stupider. <laughs> My IQ dropped so much just reading that, but like I'm entertained. So yep. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Uh, very. They they clearly have a very sarcastic slash uh, Monty Python esque sense of humor. <laughs> mm hmm kind of dumb yes. but also kind of entertaining yep <laughs> so speaking of dumb things um what was your agent aspect moment from this week oh god okay this is like a month ago or maybe even longer it doesn't matter i suppose um <laughs> killian a lot was... of dumb things happened to us in the last like month or so and so we just like, yeah. write them down as we go and kind of try and go through the list because there are definitely times where we're like nothing really all that dumb that I can think of has happened in the last couple of weeks and then we get stuck so you know mm -hmm. there's that <laughs> so Killian was um sick like just a cold um but at the time his like the school rules were um you know if you have a runny nose you can't come to school mm -hmm. um 
if you have a sore throat, you can't come to school. Like just like one symptom, you couldn't go to school. And if that one symptom didn't resolve within 24 hours, you couldn't go back to school until you had a negative COVID test. So, oh God. Right. So Killian had, I don't remember what he had. Um, he had a couple of symptoms and he was home from school for like a week and a half. Well, like at the, towards the end of that week and a half, like he just had like this light cough that happened like twice a day, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, Oh, like maybe I should send him back. But then like, you know, what if he coughs? And then one of his classmates tells their mom like, oh, Killian coughed and, you know, got in trouble or sent home. So I was like, I know. And I was like, at the end of like what I could handle, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was like, go away, please. (laughs) I was like, I just need, obviously I love and adore Killian, but I was, I wasn't, I wasn't like sick of him because I, you know, prefer to like hang out with him, (laughs) but But like kids are a lot sometimes. But he needs to like learn his shit at school, you know, like mm-hmm. that too. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to like go there and like be with friends and learn how to be a friend and obviously learn all the actual academic stuff, you know. And yeah, you know, I had to keep him home from like karate, and you know, it's just like like you need to go back to school. So I bought some children's cough medicine, <laughs> and I was like, this is gonna be great, right? <laughs> so I get him up, I get him ready for school morning time, you know, I'm, I, I give him this cough medicine that lasts for 12 hours and I'm like, all right, we're good. I'm going to take you to school. And then like, I like sat and like thought about what I had done for like 10 minutes. And then I was just like, (laughs) I was like, all right, we're not going to school. Like I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this makes me a giant asshole. (laughs) So anyway, so when we did finally go back to school, like the next week, um, um, I was walking with like the mom squad, you know, down to the school. Um, and I don't know what possessed me to tell them that I did this, but I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh yeah, I got some cough medicine. I was going to bring Gillian to school. And everyone is looking at me like you fucking did what, you know? And then I was like, oh, I didn't go through with it. Like, you know, like I was like, oh yeah. And then, and someone was like, oh yeah, your conscience kicked in. And I was like, your conscience. And I was like, yeah, like, but then the rest of the day, I was like, what the fuck did I tell them that for? Like a horrible person, you know, like not a horrible uh, person, just somebody who needs a little bit of a break. But, you know, Killian could have infected their kids and then they would be stuck with them for weeks. And you know what I mean? It's just, uh, yeah, just, I just, you know, I felt like a giant asshole. I still feel like a giant asshole for the whole thing. So <laughs> desperate times, desperate measures. That's I know. all I'm going to say. Nobody can fault is, you for thinking about it. You know, like, <laughs> uh, what is important is that I did not take him to school. <laughs> under his cough medicine influence. So yeah. <laughs> just try and remind myself that I, I don't suck that much. I don't know. You don't. <laughs> okay. I feel shitty and then stupid. So <laughs> yep. What was You're your interesting <laughs> moment? <laughs> so what was your moment? Oh, oh, it's okay. So- <laughs> I said, what was your moment? <laughs> No, we're good. I was just like, um, I don't know if you actually said something to me. <laughs> what? I know. Is anybody talking? <clears throat> um, okay. It, either that, or I just was like saying something at the same time and I just like totally cut you off. So there's that too. Um, that's cool. 
So mine is uh, not that intriguing, but I still kind of felt bad. So Steve, <laughs> while we were podcasting a couple weeks ago, uh, he really, if somebody is sitting down like in a chair or on the floor or whatever, he's like, great, this is my time to like have your undivided attention. So a lot of times when we podcast, he's sitting in my lap for at least a portion of it because he's like, Hey, I am needy and I want your attention right now. <laughs> yeah. Which, okay, fine. But I had my hand up for something and I was like pointing at something or whatever. So I had my finger in like a finger gun shape and he yeah. was of course completely oblivious to this and jumped onto my lap in rammed his eyeball into my finger <laughs> oh no <laughs> and like I kind of felt bad because it's not like I did it on purpose but like right. I still stuck my finger in his eyeball and then uh-huh. he to, like rub it a bit after that to like <laughs> recover and I was like oh, I'm so sorry you poor idiot but like also watch where you're jumping, you know, like, <laughs> you big idiot, you know, like, I felt kind of like an ass butt for laughing too. Yeah. I, you yeah. have dangerous finger guns is what we're learning here. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> he almost shot his eye out. <laughs> oh God. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. So speaking of shoot your eye out, I know this is kind of off topic, but like, TNT I think it is or I don't even know what it is what station it is but they play 24 hours non-stop of a Christmas story which is the one uh, like, the red writers will be yeah. done and you'll shoot your eye out and you know the yeah. leg lamp and all that sort of stuff like I love that movie but Travis <laughs> starting on Christmas Eve when they start the 24-hour marathon has it on 24 seven. And so this year I watched that movie in chunks, but still yeah, probably all the way through at least a dozen times. <laughs> when I worked for, um, Barnes and Noble, it was like my first or second year working there. So I was in the like, um, Tecola store. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the store manager who loved that movie. And so as soon as December started, uh, in the break room she um played on tv that movie yeah on a loop (laughs) for all of december yeah and you know this was a long time ago there was no like i don't think i don't think there was like internet on your phone to distract you type stuff yeah (laughs) at that time yeah because i was yeah so anyway, so I, I don't think I've seen the whole movie in order. I've only seen like chunks and pieces, but like, I I'm sure I've seen it all because December is long, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, but after that, after that whole experience, I was just like, if I never see this movie again, like I am fine with that. So, so what you're saying is I can't convince you to watch the movie. <laughs> You can convince me. I just need to be some form of inebriated. Probably. I mean, that's fine. We can make that happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then yeah, yeah, sure. It's fine. I mean, usually that happens whenever we hang out anyway. So. <laughs> I know, it's true. <laughs> it's just kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> yep. That's so but, funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspectspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you. <laughs>